Welcome to the Church of the Living God, Living God Cast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. Glad to be here this morning. We're continuing with our series that we began last week called In His Word. In His Word. We talked last week out of Matthew twelve thirty four, how that Jesus was addressing the Pharisees, and he called them a brood of vipers. And, you know, he was, I think we think that Jesus was always the super stoic, nice guy, but uh, he cracked a whip every now and then, literally, flipped a table or two, and called things as he saw it. So, <laughs> uh, thankfully, in, in our church, we don't do things, everything the way Jesus did. Be grateful for that. Uh, but... Regardless, Jesus calls these people out, and he makes a statement in the, the second half of the verse. He says, uh, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What we said last week was that this is a true principle for mankind. You can, you can determine what's going on inside somebody by what's coming out their mouth. But the fact remains that Jesus is revealing a principle to us that we can understand what's going inside of God, what's going on inside of God's heart based on what God says. Amen? And so we have two manifestations of God's Word, or His heart. We have two manifestations that we have access to. Number one, the God-man, Jesus Christ. Amen? The Word made flesh. John 1.14 says, The Word made, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten Son of God. The second thing that we have is the written Word of God. We have in our pockets, on our phones, on our tablets, on our bookshelves and coffee tables. We have the heart of God in print. We have access to it. We don't have to wonder what God thinks about our life. We don't have to wonder about what God thinks about us, His plans, none of that, how to deal with our enemies, uh, both physical and spiritual. We don't have to wonder about any of that because God was so good that He gave us His heart in a book. Amen? It's awesome. We're not out here dangling trying to figure out how to make it to heaven. We have everything that we need to not only make it to heaven, but to thrive in the place where God has put us in this life, okay? That's what we talked about last week. God's Word from His heart, it it reveals what He thinks, what He feels, and what He wants. We talked about how that the the heart in the Bible is not always the the beating organ inside your chest, but it is that, that soul, that middle part of you, the mind, the will, and the emotions. It comes from the Hebrew word lave, and it means the, the intellect, the desires, and, let's see, mind, will, and emotions, and the feelings. The intellect, the desires, and the feelings. So if our words operate that way and God's words operate that way, then the Word of God is God's thoughts and feelings and wants for us. Amen? And we have access to that. And then on top of that, we got into some word in Psalm 33, 11 that talked about uh, the plan of the Lord, the counsel of the Lord that stands forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. God, God's word, his heart, reveals his plan for us, which is the path to life. And understand, the path to life is not just the path to heaven. We, we, we get so hung up on getting to heaven. Guys, as long as you hold your faith in Christ, heaven's guaranteed. You're getting there. You're getting there. The problem is the 70 to 80 years that you, you live 
between now and then, or, or wherever you're at, I don't know if I want to live that long, <laughs> but the time that you live in that span before you get to heaven. So it's about God's plan for life here, too. God has a plan for life now, in this world, in this society, as messed up as it is. God has a plan for it. He has a plan for you for it. Amen? But it's in His Word that we find His plan. So many folks in the church today, not our church, I hope, but so many folks in the church in America today are ignorant of what this thing says. They're ignorant of it. Let us not be counted among those. Amen? Let us be people who understand what we have access to. We have God's heart in print. We have access to everything that we need for this path of life. Today we're going to be in Psalm 119. We're going to start uh, in verse 9. just want to give you some background information real quick about Psalm because I think it's interesting. I hope you do too. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It has 176 verses. It's an acrostic, which I don't know if you know what that is, but it means that there's a there's a sequence of letters, and each stanza of the psalm starts with that letter. So that's what it is. So the uh, Hebrew Aleph Bet, they call it, where we get our term alphabet, the Hebrew Aleph Bet has 22 letters in it. Psalm 119 has 22 stanzas in it. 176 verses, and they're all about the Word of God. Every verse except for four mention the Word of God in some form or another. That's 172 verses in sequence that talk about the Word of God. It, it talks about the Word of God as law, statutes, decrees, commandments, precepts, word, ways, ordinances, and testimonies. That's about every form you can imagine when it comes to the Word of God expressed. So we're actually going to start in verse 9. And if, you'll, if your Bible has it, I'm sure it does. At the beginning of verse 9, it has in all caps what we would say, we would say Beth. It looks like Beth in all caps. Does it say that? Yes, Beth. And There's Beth. And the Hebrews would say it Bet. Bet is the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet. But it is the very first letter that appears in your Bible. In the beginning, beginning, Bet, God created the heavens and the earth. So it seems logical to me that we start in verse 9, because verse 9 through 16 is talking about beginnings. It's talking about beginnings. Verse 9 says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? This is a rhetorical question because he provides the answer. How, how can a young man begin his path clean, correct? He says, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. So when we're talking about beginnings, we got to understand that we have the idea, obviously today we had these, this dedication for these children, and we see them at this very beginning stage in their life, and we, we can picture that. But when we talk about our journey with God, we begin the same way they do. Even though we're, we may have been 40 when we got saved, when it comes to our relationship with God, we're at the beginning. We're, we're children. We're tiny. We're We're fresh. But what we want for our children in that we want them to have a clean, successful journey, God wants that for us. God wants us to have a clean, successful journey. He wants us to begin and end successfully 
and everything in between. So the writer says, how can a young man begin clean and fresh? How can a young man begin set up to succeed? He says, verse, uh, verse 9, by taking heed to your word. Then verse 10 says, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. If the writer says, let me not wander, then that means I can wander. Wander. Okay? If, if, if it is said that, God, please don't let me wander away, then we have to understand it's possible. And I'm sure you've been in a season in life where you wandered a little bit. Have you ever been there? Where we wandered away a little bit. Where we knew it. Maybe we had a good start. But then we, we got into some things that we shouldn't. And we wandered a little bit. But it is the connection to the Word of God, the heart of God, that keeps us from wandering away. With my whole heart have I sought thee. My whole heart. If I put all of my thoughts, my desires, and my emotions first through His Word, then my journey has a higher likelihood of success. Right? The heart is the mind, the will, and the emotions, the, the, the feelings, the wants, and the, the thoughts. If I think through His Word first instead of through mine, because we're really good at justifying things to ourselves, aren't we? We're really good at rationalizing life to ourselves. We, we say things like, well, they deserved me to respond that way. Or they started it. Well, if they were dumb enough to say it, I'm going to be bold enough to respond to it. If they're going to post it, I'm going to say something. I'm going to comment. Whatever it is, we, we do it sometimes, oftentimes against our better judgment. Hopefully you've got that little radar or that little sound in your head going, no, don't do it. Delete, delete. That connection to God's Word can guard us. It can keep us from wandering away when we have every opportunity and sometimes every right to wander away. We live in a very rights-based culture. We exalt rights to the point of divinity. Right? We have made our rights divine. But here's the thing. Just because we have the right doesn't make it right. Amen? God's Word is what tells us what's right. God's Word tells us what's right. It's got to be right according to Him. Otherwise, it won't bring me success. It's not just that God doesn't like it. You know, we tolerate things that we don't like. It's not just that God doesn't like it. It's that it will bring destruction to you. It will cause you to veer off the path. It will enable the enemy maybe to gain a foothold in your life. There's all kinds of outcomes that the Word of God gives us. But if we stay connected to it, we can avoid all the traps. How does a young man start off right? By taking heed unto your word. With my whole heart, I've sought you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Verse 11, it says, Your word have I hidden in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. The Hebrew word for word, it means commandment or speech. Speech. Hold on. The Ten Commandments are the Ten Speeches. The Ten Commandments are ten utterances from God's voice. The commandments of God are not just a list of rules and regulations, like don't dive in the shallow end of the pool. 
It's not that. It's not this sign that we see and we ignore, hopefully. But these commandments are actually utterances of the voice of God. God said it, which means that he thought about it and felt it and wanted it. Mind, will, and emotions. God said it. So here we have the word that is able to be hidden within our heart. I can take a piece of his heart and apply it to my heart. And the result is that I don't sin against him. Well, everybody sins. Yeah, everybody sins. But did you know that Christians should not sin? Did you know that Paul said, let no man sin? Paul said that. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. If on occasion you slip, you got somebody who has your back, Jesus, who has the ear of the Father. He's interceding for us, right? But understand that intercession goes both ways. When you're in court and the lawyer is talking to the judge, he doesn't just ignore you the whole time. He talks to you too. Just because Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God praying for you doesn't mean that he doesn't have something to say to you. Yes, he's talking to your father. Yes, he's reminding our father in heaven how much you love him and how much he's done for you and how how faithful and what he's put on you. Okay? Yes, he's doing that. But Jesus is also saying through his word, through the Holy Spirit, he's also saying, hey, if you don't do that, blessing's going to come. Hey, if you honor my word, I'm going to do this for you. And, and it's, not, it's not an issue of, of God making us jump high enough, right, where God says jump and we got to jump. That's not the, the issue at all. The issue is that God tells us the things that work, the things that work. It works. If I sow, I will reap. It works. It would be better for me to sow something good than something bad because it, it just works. It's better for me to love than to hate. I can't call myself his if I hate my brother. I can't do it. That's what the Word says. It's a commandment. It's an utterance from God's voice. We have access to God's voice. In his word are the commandments, the utterances, the voice of Almighty God. What does God have to say about your situation? Look in the word. What does he have to say about your sickness? Look in the word. What does he have to say about your family? Look in the word. Your marriage, it's in the word. It's all in the word. Amen. The utterances of God's voice. People say, I want to hear God's voice. Here's God's voice. Now, we are of people that believe that God can speak through people still, that he speaks in service, that he speaks through men and women, just as he did all throughout the Bible from Old Testament to New. We believe that. We've seen that. Amen? But if we hang on the words of people more than the words of God, and I'm not saying that people can't speak for God. They can. Absolutely they can. But I should not be more hungry to get a word up here than to get a word from here. Amen? You with me? I know we're in Pentecostal church. We like it. We like prophecy. It's so cool when God reads your mail. When you get up here and somebody tells you something that you, you didn't tell anybody, and, and he pastor gets the download, and then he tells you what you said in private time and didn't even tell your spouse about, that's amazing, and it's meant to encourage us and affirm us to us that God is listening. 
That's what it's there for. But God saw this whole thing out. The Bible says that he wrote the end from the beginning. He knows the full spectrum of possibilities. And he put the vast majority of his word here in your Bible. And any word that you get from a person is going to line up with that if it's from God. Amen? As we said last week, the Spirit of God moves and speaks within the framework of the Word of God. So His Word we want to hide in our heart. I want His voice to be speaking inside me more than I even want my own. Amen? Verse 12 says, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. A statute is an appointment of time, space, quantity, labor, or usage. An appointed portion, an appointed task, a defined limit or boundary, an appointed time or season, an appointed law or ordinance for my benefit. In his word, we find God's voice, but in his word, we can also find God's appointments for us. You can find your portion in God's word. You can find your season in God's word. You can find the laws and the commands that are going to benefit you right now in God's Word. Amen. What does that mean? So many folks spend so much of their life looking for their spot, their portion. What's my portion? Or we say it like this, why am I here? What's my part in all this? What role do I play? Amen. This is it. Teach me thy statutes. God has a statute. God has an appointment for you. He has an appointed portion for you. Whatever that portion may be, it's for you. Amen. He has a season for you. Thank God life is seasonal. Amen. And it's not permanent. Thank God the season you're in doesn't have to last forever. Amen. There are appointed times and seasons for us. But sometimes I don't know what season I'm in. I don't know why things are going the way they're going. I've got to get in his word. And I've got to find people who are in similar seasons in his word. Amen. If I feel bound up and persecuted... Maybe I need to start reading out about Joseph and, and get some perspective. Amen. Maybe I need to read about the children of Israel going through some bondage. Maybe I brought it on myself. Maybe God didn't do it. Maybe the devil didn't do it. Maybe I did it. Anybody ever done it? Oh, yeah. It's in the Word. I can understand my season better if I get in the Word. I can understand my task better if I get in the Word. It's in his word that I find my portion, my times and seasons, the laws that benefit us. God has laws that can bring benefit to you. Benefit. We think of laws as negative and confining, but laws facilitate things as well, which is what we see in verse 13. It says, with my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. Judgments. We live in a culture that doesn't like judgment. Don't judge me. Who are you to judge? Well, that's true. Who am I to judge? Who's he to judge? Oh, he is the judge. He is the judge. He has an opinion, and his opinion, frankly, is the only one that matters. If he says it's not okay, it's not okay. If he says it's okay, it's okay. Thank God. And in fact, if it's okay, it's probably good for me. Amen? If it's not okay, it's not good for me. Just like with your kids. I said this last week. We've observed our children when they're a little bitty, trying to do something bigger than they're able to do. They're trying to get some milk out of the fridge, and they got the big jug, and they're trying to, you know, pour something or, or water, whatever it is. And what, what happens? We see it, and we freak out because we know there's a mess coming. 
There's a mess coming. And we're hoping that there's not harm along with the mess. If you drop a gallon of milk on a little bitty toe, that hurts. For sure. It could be. Although they're kind of made out of rubber at this point in life, at that point in life, right? It seems like. But we, we enact a judgment in that situation. We say, no, that's not good for you. Let me help. It's not that they will never be able to handle it, but they just can't right now. Amen? But I can because I'm bigger. I'm stronger. I know better. I know the possible outcomes. They don't. They've not even thought about it. So what do I do? I step in. What do you do? You step in and you assist and you keep harm from coming. You keep a mess from coming. In that moment, you've made a judgment. That judgment was in their favor. Amen? It was in their favor. And it benefited them. It did not just benefit them in that they didn't make a mess, but it protected them from harm. The judgments of God are verdicts. To use a legal term, a verdict. It means the act, the place, the suit, the crime, and the penalty. Conversely, it means justice. Justice. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. If I get into his word, I can find justice. Justice. You know, I, I, it's far easier for us to be vindictive than it is to ask for appropriate justice. Is that a true statement? When someone hurts us, what do we want? We, we, sometimes we call it justice, but it's brutal. We want, we want them knocked down, destroyed. We want it all torn down. That's what we want. Amen? But thank God, God doesn't respond like that. Thank God he brings justice, a just response. That's what justice is, a just response response. So in, in, in God's word, we find the justice that we're looking for, the justice that we're looking for. If you've been offended and victimized and hurt, it's only in God's word that you can find justice. Therapy ain't going to do it. Vengeance certainly won't do it. Doesn't fix it. Amen. We need the justice of almighty God. And every now and then you get those moments of justice and you're like, thank you, God. I don't want them out of the kingdom. I don't want them dead. I don't want them divorced. I, don't want, I just want a little bit of justice. And every now and then he gives it according to his word. Amen. We can find the justice. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of thy mouth. In his word we find his judgments, judgments against our enemy, judgments for our good. If you win in court, you've had a good day in court. If you lose, you didn't have a good day. But we've got the judge on our side. Amen. Verse 14, it says, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. The way is the road or the path. Specifically, it means a road well trodden. A road well trodden. Amen. Roads come from animal trails. Did you know that? In American culture, as, as America began to expand west, they found animal trails through the mountains. And they followed animal trails. Because the creatures who went before found the, the path of least resistance. The ones who went before, they found a way through. How foolish would it be to have a well-trod path, but to say, you know what, I'm going to get through myself. I'm going to push through on my own. I'm capable. 
I'm intelligent, I'm strong, blah, blah, blah. I'm proud, I'm proud. But here we have a God who's been that way before. Amen? But only in His Word can I find His way. Amen? If you want to know the will of God, then you've got to start with the ways of God. The ways of God lead you into God's will. You can't live outside of His ways and find His will. It's not possible. But instead, I get to find His ways in His Word. In His Word, we find the eyewitness accounts of God's path. It says, the way of thy testimonies. A testimony is an eyewitness account. Again, going back to the court analogy. Somebody on the witness stand, what do they do? They get up there and they tell you what they saw and what they heard. In God's Word, we find the eyewitness testimony of God's way. We see what God did for them. We get to see their perspective on what God did. And then we understand, especially as you go through the book after a while, you begin to understand that, man, he kind of does this a lot. He goes this way all the time. When people come to him in faith, he responds like he did for Joseph, like he did for the children of Israel, like he did for Abraham, like he did for Paul and Silas, like he did for so many. He did it over and over again. And I'm not the sharpest crayon in the box all the time, but I can figure out that if it works a certain way all the time, I should do it that way because I found all the eyewitness testimony in his word. In his word, we have eyewitness testimony of what God can do because he's walked that way many times many times. Verse 15, last verse. Nope, I lied. Second to last verse. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Precepts are mandates or God's law. In his word, we find his whole law. And remember, the confines of the word can really benefit you so long as you're in them. Amen? You get outside those confines, stuff starts happening. The enemy gets in. You become a little more prominent than you ought to be in your own life. Your thoughts start prevailing, and things start falling apart. Verse 16, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. I want to leave you with this. In his word, we can find his voice. In his word, we can find his appointments for us, our portion, our time and season. In his word, we can find his judgments against our enemy and for our good. In his word, we can find the eyewitness accounts of his ways that he's gone many times. In his word, we find his whole law. The point is that his word gets in us. It said it in verse 10. It said it in verse 11. The word gets into our heart. And when it gets in our heart, verse 15 tells us that we meditate on it. That's not the same meditation that the world does. The meditation that the world does clears the mind. It creates a blank space. The meditation on God's Word, it is a focus and a pondering upon what God says. Everything else goes, but God's Word is the focus. Okay? So it gets in us, and we ponder upon it. And what does it do? Verse 11 tells us it, pro- it produces the ability to resist sin. Verse 12 tells us that it produces a teachable spirit. Teach me. Teach me thy statutes. Verse 13 shows us that it can produce a mouth that speaks his word instead of ours. 
With my lips have I declared all your commands, the judgments of your mouth. Verse 14 shows us that we can have joy as if we have great riches and respect unto God's ways more than man's ways. I'm sorry, that was verse 15. Respect unto God's ways more than than man's ways. Verse 16, passion for his appointments. I will meditate in thy mandates and have respect unto thy ways. And then lastly, verse 16 shows us that it, it produces the determination not to forget his word. If I can find all of that in his word, if I can start there, I'm going to be just fine. Bet the beginning. In the beginning, start your journey in his word. Start your journey in his word, in his commandments, his judgments, his precepts. Start there, and you will have success. Isn't that what he told Joshua? Meditate on them day and night, and you will have great success. Amen. Stand with me this morning. Thank you for listening today to Church of the Living God, Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.